Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And our producer, William Jeffries. And today, we'll be talking about common mistakes tech leads make. There's just things happen all the time at work and a tech lead may run into and slip up and have a couple of mistakes in the job. It's not an easy job. You get a lot of hats to wear. Yeah, and tech lead is pretty difficult. Before we begin, we have a special guest today. We have Kelly Wu. Hey, Kelly, how's it going? Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I am a software consultant. And as, as a consultant, I've worked with very many different tech leads on all sorts of different teams, shapes and sizes. Also been a tech lead on very many different teams, shapes and sizes. And I think this is a really great topic as most engineering teams will have a tech lead and have experience either working with a tech lead or actually being one. Yeah. And I guess even if you don't have a tech lead, like somebody's going to be leading in some shape or form. Like, yes, you, you may not have the official title, but you know, you may have some of the responsibilities, some of the hats. Yeah, that's a really great point. For teams that I've seen that don't have an official tech lead, either someone unofficially has it or that type of responsibilities is distributed across multiple people. I recently felt, felt this uh, responsibility, this weight on my shoulders as our team's tech lead was on a vacation and I had to take up his responsibility. And it was like, okay, I get it. You got to do some meetings. Yeah. <laughs> some, You're not yeah. really writing some code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive right into some of the mistakes that happen. I think Dave just mentioned the idea of like having a lot of meetings, but sometimes the inverse can happen and a tech lead may fall into the trap of writing code all the time. Yeah, I mean, I guess like if if you're a tech lead, you might feel like you have something to prove. You gotta be the best coder on the team. Yeah, I think there's also sort of a superhero syndrome that can kick in where you want to rescue the project when you feel like it's not going well, and your way to do that is by doing the thing that made you successful in your previous role, which was you know an individual contributor. And that's just writing code. So you just do more of that. You like work the whole weekend, you implement the whole thing, and then you go in on Monday and for some reason everybody's mad. Like, wait a minute, I did this great thing. Well, yes, but it was somebody else's ticket and they had already started on it and they were having a hard time. (laughs) And like, now you've just gone and done it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so we're going to hit the deadline, but was that really worth it? Yeah. So in a book called Talking with Tech Leads, um, where they interviewed a bunch of first-time tech leads, one of the most common mistakes was the tech lead writing too much code. I think that's a big shift that people have to make, um, shifting from an individual contributor to being a tech lead. Yeah, especially if there are like organizational kind of pressures that push you into doing that. Like you, you may have like a big deadline or... Uh, some other responsibilities that you have like a lot of context on and can be hard to like step away on that. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things about the tech industry is that oftentimes, let's say there's a very high performing individual contributor. Those are typically the people being pushed into leadership roles, but the leadership roles, the responsibilities for the leadership roles that they're being pushed to is so different from the responsibilities that an individual contributor has. It's yeah. the Peter principle. 
when people are promoted to the level at which they are incompetent and unable to be promoted further. Oh, God. <laughs> it results in a company where everyone is incompetent. Oh, but who is it named after? Well, that poor <laughs> yeah, guy, right? Yeah, really bad for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like naming an illness after someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Wait, seriously, who is Peter? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that guy, yeah, we'd have to definitely check out who Peter is. And I think like even the word like tech lead, some people may take that as like, oh, I am, you know, the topmost engineer in in the team when it's like the leadership aspect of being of knowing the technical knowledge you should be able to lead other individuals to also be amazing in in the code base i i, I did just google it just i was very curious about who yeah. peter was who's peter so there was a book in the 60s 69 called the peter principle uh-huh it was written by Lawrence j peter Oh, so he brought it out, and not that he was incompetent, but and, he might have yeah. thought. Okay, but he named he named it after himself, and he named the book after himself too. I see. So <laughs> that's oh, funny. So, yeah. so he came up with the principle, but now the naming of it makes people think he was the incompetent one. <laughs> Good job, um, Peter. So, oops. One could argue that he was pretty incompetent in naming. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. What What are some other? Uh, problems that could come up so i think the flip side also occurs which is not coding enough because as tech lead these tech leads might be pulled into a lot of different meetings and whiteboarding sessions and they just get too far removed from the code yeah i think it's also from the team like if you can't spend any time getting context about like what people are doing and you know what things are going on around it can be hard to you know, stay in touch with how the pace is going to be and how, how happy people are going to be. I think we talked before on the podcast about a common thread among like people who leave companies is that they're not really leaving the company. They're leaving the manager. Mm-hmm. So got to spend that time. Yeah. So try to find opportunities to code some, not all the time, and being able to lead your team across the code base is like the ideal tech lead. I guess kind of like uh, in a similar vein of like coding all the time or not enough, kind of feeling the responsibility that you need to make all the technical decisions, that that could definitely be a challenge if it leads to bottlenecks where people are just waiting for you to decide which, you know, sorting library to use. Mm-hmm. And you have to like really weigh all of the trade-offs very carefully and no one else is trusted to do it. The problem there is that you you have to become okay with the wrong decision being made. Like that's what makes that difficult is that if when you delegate the responsibility, there are going to be times when somebody makes a decision that you vehemently disagree with and mm-hmm. you missed it and you're not going to have time to go back and fix it. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. I think one of the things tech leads also struggle with is yeah, making the wrong decision because as an IC like you get to dive in super deep. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, your technical decisions were either your choice or something that you worked at with a team. As a good tech lead, you shouldn't be making all the technical decisions and trust that, you know, the team comes up. This is more important that the team is moving forward on a technical decision and corrects that technical decision when, you know, it's needed versus putting the team to a stop trying to figure out the best solution. So I guess like when the team does make that decision to do the wrong thing, 
if you have to go back and redo it, then it should be like a collective team decision. Like, oh yeah, like, hey, this thing is actually causing us a lot of pain and we all see and understand why we might want to take a different path and refactor or choose a different sorting algorithm library. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's totally okay. That's the right thing to do. I once was on a project where two people couldn't agree on the technical direction of a project. And what ended up happening was they were at a standstill for two weeks when one of the technical going with one way or another would have taken probably half a week. So <laughs> let's say they went with one way. It was the wrong way. They go with the other way. That would have been one week versus two weeks of a standstill. Mm. Uh, Mexican standoff. Oh, no. Yeah, I think the issue is you have to think meta to the problem at hand. Like the issue isn't that the wrong technical decision was made. The issue is that by going back and vetoing someone's decision after they've done a bunch of implementation is far more detrimental to the team than the original bad architecture. That's an interesting point. Though, don't you think that on a healthy team, people are unattached to code and it's they understand that it's okay to go back, like just delete everything they've written to move forward on something better? Yeah, understand the, the changing nature of code. Like, right. If, I mean, I guess ideally on a healthy team, like, it would not be a top-down decision to delete that code. Like the manager wouldn't come over and just delete your code for you. <laughs> yes, that is, that is true too. Backspace. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, there's <laughs> got to be some consent involved there. Yeah. Like certainly on a healthy team, one would hope that the individual contributor who wrote the original code would be open to and excited about help with refactoring. Mm -hmm. But yeah. in the event that they are convinced that they're architectural decision is correct and the team lead disagrees going back and forcing the tech leads will upon the group i think causes more harm than the even if they're right a better architectural decision would would help right right yeah absolutely in fact i don't think there's ever a moment where it's correct for a tech lead to force their sole opinion upon a team I think the tech lead's role would be leading the team to come up with a new solution with consensus of the team. Maybe another point like that can indicate that your your team lead is making mistakes or you yourself as a team leader making mistakes is that you know you feel like kind of that you are the top dog with with technology and that means that you are the best person to be leading the team. An example I saw in a really great article I saw from some folks at ThoughtWorks was talking about how, you know, you need to be open to mentoring new team members who may surpass you technically. And that doesn't really necessarily mean that you are not the one who should be leading the team, even if you need to defer to others. Right. You could be the JavaScript slash jQuery expert, but some younger individual may know all the hotness and react and can then kind of lead forward in that regard in yeah the, in the react code base and if you've ever tried to be a team lead on a team that you are relatively new to i think it's becomes pretty painfully clear pretty quickly that the people who have worked in that code base for you know a full year are going to be a lot more effective than you even if that is the only year of software development experience they have 
in the beginning, your lack of context is devastating. Right. But I think as new code gets built, the tech lead can then you know help out in that front and then be more effective in that regard. And you don't have to be the expert in order to be effective as a team lead. Like the lead is a role. Right. It's there are certain responsibilities that come with it and they're like we were just saying, not about being the person who makes all the architectural decisions. Yeah. Right. Maybe that that's uh a mistake in itself, like, you know, being too focused on the technical things and not thinking about the the broader picture of like skills that you should be building up and uh weaving together as part of that that role. Yeah, one way I like to think about it is like I kind of view a tech lead as like a quarterback mm-hmm. on a football team. Um, they're definitely not quarterbacks. Definitely not the best person for every position on the field. Right. Um. But but what they do know is who is the best position on for certain types of plays. Mm-hmm. And they and can they make the call when the play happens, depending on what's happening at that point in time. I'm talking like I know football. I don't know much about <laughs> football. <laughs> Actually, yeah, me yeah. neither. I just know Tom Brady's a beautiful man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the Tom Brady fans out there, oh, shout man. out to y'all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like the quarterback can then, you know, and like the tech lead knows, oh, I can give this responsibility to this person or I can put that person to the test in this particular problem so they can learn some new functionality in the code base that we're dealing with. And it's not the quarterback. The quarterback isn't the one always running to the the goal right they have to delegate that to other individuals yeah totally yeah but i guess they are, they are in the field they're they, we can just keep going with this sports yeah, metaphor they're, yeah, they're in the go. field they're yeah. like with the team members so they're they they have the big picture that they're yeah. uh they're figured out and they're saying some cryptic things to each other <laughs> <laughs> they're contributing they're like holding the ball or throwing the ball or whatever you do with the ball yeah sometimes they're taking the hits Sometimes they get hit. Yeah. Just, yeah. And if you get sacked in your development job, then you might want to call HR again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get tackled at work, please. Although I feel like that, that is part of the team lead job. Like, <laughs> if things aren't going well, like, you, you do kind of have to run interference and You're right, the one who take gets a sacked. hit. <laughs> yeah. So, one thing I also think it's important for tech leads to know is to also know their weaknesses. Right. So, how, how would we play this into this football analogy? Say, <laughs> this is just the rep- rest of the episode, like, people. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> well, like if you, you know you a- have a bad right ankle, go left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know about that. What do you mean by playing? Playing so the technically knowing that it, another individual's weakness, their own weaknesses. Oh, I see. So to give an example, let's say I, I probably sway a little bit stronger on the project planning side right and then there might be a certain technology on the project where you have to have deep intimate knowledge on right um typically those are the areas where i'd be a little bit weaker on mm-hmm. right but knowing and you knowing that that is something that you are weaker on you know to delegate that to individuals who may shine in that particular role yes exactly like fine delegate it if i already know someone has that expertise or find someone who's excited about going super deep on a certain technology that might be required for the project. Right. So we've been talking about some mistakes that tech leads make and what you should do about those mistakes and how to fix them. But what are some good things that a tech lead should do intentionally? I think that being a lead of really anything is about servant leadership 
the reason for the leader isn't because you are the best or uh, because you've been around the longest or even because other people want you to fill that role. The reason is because the team needs someone to do that role. Like at the end of the day, you need someone who is going to be the buck stops with me guy or girl and the person who's going to have their coding workflow interrupted to go meet with a product manager, to go, you know, do that whiteboarding session and to talk to people about their, about what they're working on and if they need help and be the point person who can say like, oh, well, I know that you wanted more exposure to the front end. So we're going to give you this ticket, even though it's going to slow things down. And I'm going to explain to the PM why that's worthwhile. Like that's often a thankless job. It's often a painful job. It's often a job that you feel like you didn't sign up for when you got into software development. Right. But it's an incredibly valuable service that you are providing for your team. And if you go into it with that mindset, like this is not something that I'm entitled to. This is not a special privilege. This is not a thing that I'm doing so that I can, you know, brag to my parents or my friends about it. Like this is a thing that I'm doing as a service to my team. And in the event that I am no longer the best person to perform this service, I will happily hand it over to someone else. Right. Then you will be much more successful as a tech lead. So I think with that in mind, you level up all the individuals in the team by like by being the servant leader to the job at hand. So by helping other people, they can then, you know, one day be able to help lead other people in the future. And you set a good example by doing that. Yeah, William, I think you basically hit the nail on the head there, which is if you fully embody that mindset, being a good tech lead naturally follows. I think most people who go into the role thinking that it means you get more power or control are the ones who ultimately fail as tech lead. So on that vein, another great tip for being a tech lead is being a gate opener, not mm-hmm. a closer. Basically, giving people more opportunities to make choices, not shutting, not putting things to a halt because you as a tech lead want to review all code mm. or you as a tech lead wants to be involved in all decisions. Um, but really embodying the mindset that you're really there to help support other people when they need to so that you can move things along faster. Interesting. I mean, the, the phrasing kind of implies that you are still the gatekeeper, but your your role is like more towards facilitation than like being imposing and standing in people's way. Right. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe that was a maybe there could be a better phrasing than gate the word gate in there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think it works pretty well and kind of it, there's there's a responsibility, right? Like. And I think we we talked a lot about some of the other good good things that you can do. It's just having the the broader perspective and finding the balance and between coding and and other technical non technical responsibilities, being there to like protect the team from thrashing in the business and the larger organization as a whole. Another thing that I think effective team leads do is adopt the leadership team as their first team. So probably as a tech lead, you're going to have a non-technical counterpart, like a product manager or project manager. Maybe that includes a 
QA or design somebody from some other department who you need to collaborate with in order to move the team forward. And I think that it's important to be willing to accept them as your first team because there's a temptation to to stay in your old click mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, I'm an engineer. I'm with the engineers. I'm here to represent the engineers. They are my first team. And I'm just a delegate here that has been sent to you to interface with the rest of the organization. And the problem with that is it ends up creating interdepartmental politics. Well, I want engineers to have this. I want engineers to have that. I need for our department to get this much money or this much headcount or you know, we need to push back on on these things because that's what's best for engineers. Right. And when you do that, when you take that attitude, product has to take that attitude to design has to take the, all the other departments take the same attitude and it becomes competitive within mm-hmm. the organization. If you adopt that team as your first team and you say, hey, I'm an engineer, but I'm here on a team with you from design and you from QA and you from product, like we are going to come together and I'm going to explain to you what, the engineering team can do for you and I'll be clear about what our limitations are. And there are some things that I can't commit to, but if we need to reduce our headcount or our budget or, you know, put our priorities further back on the roadmap for the success of the group, then I'm willing to do that. And I'll even go back and sell it to the engineers. I think that's a very good point. What are some things that you guys do to build that trust with that you know, first team. And then also on the same vein, make sure that the engineers know that you also have their best interest in mind as well. I think there's a very fine balance between working with the counterparts and your own and the engineering team and making sure that both teams know that they have, I guess, equal power. I'm not sure if that's the right word, Mm. but equal voice. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like having a good like whole team mentality and like encouraging team members to talk to design and product when they have questions rather than filtering them through yourself is a good way to like. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. Keep a broader perspective and I guess also delegate some of that responsibility off of your shoulders for, you know, being, you know, the uh, ambassador to that, that, that broader organization. But I guess like probably one of the things that you were thinking about was like the the larger people besides like the immediate product people and you know being a representative and reaching out to those higher up or different product people on different teams yeah i've definitely been on teams where a tech lead almost gets upset if a team member reaches out directly to say someone outside their department Mm. but a good tech lead will empower their teams to be speaking with all parts of the business. Yeah, that's toxic for the tech lead to become an information bottleneck that everyone has to communicate through. That's just going to slow things down. Yeah, by not empowering your your team to talk amongst different departments, you know, what happens if we take bus fact into consideration or this person takes vacation, then what? Your team can't or doesn't have the ability or don't know that how to communicate with another department and then features may not be released on time and stuff like that due to that bottleneck that the tech lead had imposed on the team in the first place. 
Yeah, yeah. By adopting a like your by adopting the leadership team as your first team, I definitely don't mean like you are the only person to interface with any of the other departments. It's more it's just like if there is a leadership counterpart in the other department that you need to collaborate with, then you need to treat them as your collaborator. I mean, it's their team as well. Is that yeah. right? You need to treat them as part of your first team. Yeah. Yep. Right. Cool. Does anyone have any war stories or any uh, challenges they faced as being team leads they want to share? I know for me, one of the things that I've, I think we had the conversation before of just like trying to get as much code in as possible. As a tech lead, you may end up in a lot of meetings and architecture meetings and stuff like that. And that takes up a lot of your time. And you get back to your seat and it's like six o'clock. You're like, oh man, I really want to, you know, nail this code down. And then it's like 8.30 and you're still coding because you have meetings the entire day. And it's like a quick recipe for burnout. So I would suggest, regardless if your day is filled with meetings or with code, every minute of that time is valuable and don't burn yourself out by you know, making sure you do X amount of time coding and Y amount of time of, of meetings. Just you know, your responsibilities in the meeting is just as important as the code that you have to uh, create. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely found that to be the case last week as well for me. And even if it wasn't meetings, it was just like kind of helping to unblock people really quickly and kind of leaving my own poor story like neglected. (laughs) And I think like something that I probably wish that I had done better was to make sure that there was more shared context about like what the work was that that I was working on. So that Mm -hmm. way, like I could uh, better delegate it. Uh, but unfortunately, the person with most contacts had left on vacation. So oh. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I think the one of the worst things I ever did as a tech lead was to consistently cover for a member of my team who was having a hard time pulling their weight. And I just covered and covered and covered and covered and covered. And then I went on vacation. And when I was not around to cover, it came out. And the like, the person had gotten too deep in the problem had gone on for too long and it was uh, too late to put in proper remediation. Mm. Oh, dang. That's tough. So allowing the other person to jump in and code as well and not do much coverage would have been more helpful at the end. It would have been better to let the person fail and learn from failure early on and to give them the tough feedback that, I thought it was easier to just cover. Yeah. And I guess also like letting them fail in a safe space. Like if when you're there and you know, you don't, you, you can control the reaction and guide them towards like a better solution. I think for me, one of the things that I find myself doing every now and then is just getting a little too tied to a certain technical solution and just, just reminding myself that I have to take a step back that as tech lead, my role isn't necessarily to push certain technical solutions as to drive forward a technical solution. In the general sense, not yes. the specific sense. Yes. Yeah. Not your technical solution, but a technical solution. Correct. Yes. <laughs> but your technical solution is so good. <laughs> In those moments, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like, there's just like, oh man, this is so good. Gonna do it. <laughs> Let's do it. And then, Ship it. Oh, you, yeah. just gotta, you just got trust. Yeah. 
yeah, give trust to your team and make sure that in the end, the, the solution that is chosen is the best one at the time. Worst comes to worst, it's not. Everyone learns from that and you build upon that. Make sure that everything with that, you can build the best code ever. And that's the goal. <laughs> what are you doing if you're not building the best code you fail and then you fix it up you fix it up you fix it up some more and as the tech was the best code yet yeah maybe. there you go that's better it's the best code yet there you go so i once worked with a tech lead that had very strong opinions on how to do certain things and i found that we were often shut down. Like the developers were shut down with what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and from that, I learned a very good tip, which is to allow people to explore. Because if you don't allow them to explore, they'll always be resentful of not having that opportunity. But then you also have to be mindful of projects getting delivered on time. Uh, so the tip is just to basically allow people to explore under time box constraints. People could spend, you know, people could shut down an idea our tech leads can shut down an idea and move the project forward, but you'll have a resentful developer. Or they could take that 30 minutes, an hour, a day, I don't know how long, depending on a task, and just say, time box it, explore it. Best case scenario is they come up with something that actually was really good. Worst case scenario is that, you know, we, the team, quote unquote, loses a day, but can move on happily from there. Right. And you right. learn, you probably learn from something in that one day about the solution that you are diving into. Yeah, and that's why I, s I say like quote unquote wasted day because I don't even consider that wasted time. Yeah, and then I guess that like spikes are pretty great for like just sharing knowledge with everybody and bringing some broader knowledge from the outside instead of just keeping your head down and coding. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on down to Rabbit Hole. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.